a series called Grace and Truth. Now, this message about Grace and Truth, you will hear, you can go into Kum Books. You can go to any bookshop. You can go onto the internet. You can get a lot of messages and teachings on grace, but not grace and truth. A lot of messages that, that teach us on grace just speaks about grace, but there's no truth to it. The funny thing is that people don't understand. The Bible doesn't say you shall know the grace and the grace shall set you free. It doesn't say that. It says you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Who understands what I'm telling you this morning? That grace cannot set you free. Maybe you in the middle hear me. Grace can't set you free. It's truth that sets you free. What about you this side? Grace can't set you free. There's no scripture that says through grace you have been set free. No, no, no. Saved, not set free. Difference. It's, it's this truth. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, the Bible says in the book of John, and I'm going to give you a lot of scripture this morning because I'm teaching. So there's going to be a lot of scripture that you can go through with me. And so I want to build up to something. The Bible says that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. That's what the book of John teaches us. Say with me, grace and truth. One more time. So grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Very important to understand. For me to live a life that is, and and I want to say this free of charge quickly. The life that people live today, they live for themselves. Paul taught something different. If I tell you right now, if we preach Paul's doctrine, a lot of people will get angry at us. A lot of people will even leave churches. And by the way, it will not be people of the world, it will be church folks. If we preach the the doctrine of Paul, people will leave. Somebody listening to me. And this is why it's important to understand that when you have grace and truth, you grow in life. But it's it's, it's going to cost you a life of separation and consecration. This is why Romans 12 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to do what? To obtain yourselves a living sacrifice. You can't be a sacrifice without laying something down. You didn't hear me. A sacrifice means I've laid something down. I'm laying down my life. When Jesus said, follow me, he said something else with that. He didn't just say, follow me. He says, deny yourself, pick up your cross, and then come and follow me. So this whole grace and truth message is going to teach you how to deny yourself. Now, I'm going to build up to something right now. You know, everybody that believes, and hear me quickly. Any grace message that you hear that, doesn't, that, that keeps you comfortable with sin is heresy. Yes. Let me try with my friends this side. Any grace message that you hear that keeps you comfortable with sin is heresy. It's not truth. It's impossible to hear about grace and, and, and still live a life of sin and, and, and think, I'm going to kick something out of the water with, with facts, biblical verses to prove it. There's no such thing as once saved, always saved. It's heresy. It's doctrines of demons. Let's get it onto the board. 1 Timothy chapter 4, if you have it. Do you have it there in the back? Otherwise, I'll get it in, in my Bible. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. And again, I'm teaching this morning. So please bear with me. Take notes, take your Bible, follow me. If you don't believe what I'm saying, believe what your Bible says. So 1 Timothy 4 says, now the Spirit expressly says. Who says this, by the way? The Holy Spirit. He says that in the latter times, this means in the times that we're living in now, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. Let me read that again. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. I see it every single week of my life, people turning their backs on the Lord like the Lord owes them anything. 
I, I, I saw a woman that told me in my face, she said, I don't want to serve God because when I serve Him, it gets bad. And so I would rather not serve Him. And do you know what my response was? Don't serve Him. Go to hell. Did you really say that? I did. Because how can we possibly think that we, or God owes us anything? He owes us nothing. So it says that the Spirit expresses says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits. People are being deceived by the millions even as we speak. And they, give, they, they listen to the doctrines of demons. Now I'm going to say something that people don't like, but I don't care. Do doctrines of demons is the message of extreme grace. That means you can do whatever you want. God is happy with you. Now let me tell you something. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. But please take note, God doesn't send sin to hell. He sends the sinner to hell. Did you get what I'm saying? People say, oh, there's nothing that can separate me from the love of God. No, nothing can separate you. Not even your sin. But your sin will still take you to hell. Because the Bible teaches us clearly that the wages of sin is death. Is somebody listening to me? Now, I'm going to preach to you. I'm going to teach you this morning, so bear with me. I don't know if we have it on. John... Uh, Chapter 3, with Nicodemus. Now, in actual fact, I want to I read you this passage. If you have your Bibles, quickly go to John chapter 3. Here's a man called Nicodemus, a Pharisee. Came to the Lord and he said, Lord, please tell me, what should we do to get saved? Now he says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, uh, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to jump a verse. Um, all right, well, let's go to verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now pause there for me and look at me. A lot of doctrines are teaching that if, you, if you're not being baptized in water, you can't go to heaven. That's wrong. There's a lot of Old Testament saints that was not baptized and they're in heaven today. Being baptized with spirit, the original translation speaks about being baptized with his word. It means that his word must become a living thing to you. And you must obey the word of God. Must we be baptized? Absolutely. But baptism does not take away the sins of the world. Water can't wash away my sin. No, no, your pastor can't do that. I said your deacon can't do that. Your high priest can't do that. There's only one that can do that. And his name is Jesus Christ. Only through his precious blood. And while I'm, I'm hitting some stuff out of the water this morning, let me say this and let the whole world heal me. There's only one way to be saved. And Jesus is his name. It's not Hare Krishna. It's not Muhammad. It's not Buddha. It's Christ Jesus. There's no other name given. There's no other name given on this earth, in heaven, underneath the earth, through which a man should be saved, but through Jesus Christ. He's not just my friend. He's the Savior of all saviors and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Uh, come on, is somebody listening to me? There's only one way to be saved. Not through my good works, not through my, my, my tithing. It's only one, by believing in Jesus Christ, living the way that He wants me to live. Hallelujah. Come on, I want you to shout, I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus let's, let's continue to read and then I'm going to explain something else so it says that which is born of the flesh is flesh that which is born of the spirit is spirit and then uh, 
I want to jump to verse 19. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practices evil, hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done by God. Now hear me quickly. Let me just put my Bible that's falling apart in place. Jesus said to Nicodemus, now there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's two sides to any coin. There's a front side, there's a back side. I'm going to teach you two sides of grace this morning that I want you to hear. And so Jesus came to Nicodemus, or Nicodemus came to the Lord. He said, Lord, what must we do to be saved? Jesus says, unless a man be born again, it is impossible for him to enter the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, now Lord, how is it possible that I'm an old guy? Must I go back into my mother's womb and then be born again? And then Jesus started teaching that you have to be born of the Spirit to be born again. Now, what does it mean to be born again? So I'm going to explain something to you. If I'm a hardcore sinner, I'm a Christ rejecter, I'm somebody that is, has been part of this world, and I don't care what type of sin it was. You can be an adulterer, a fornicator, a murderer. doesn't matter. When you come to Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, even I'm going to, I'll quote the Romans wrote to you today, what the Bible teaches us how to be saved. But in any case, so you come before the Lord and you repent. The word repentance means to turn away from it. Okay, you can't, be, you can't repent from something that you still do today. Christian, children of God, hear me. I can't commit the sin today. Asking for forgiveness. Tomorrow I do the same thing, asking for forgiveness. The day after that I do the same thing, asking for forgiveness. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You're not forgiven. Now you'll be condemned. Okay, it's, it's quiet again. Both sides to the coin. All right? I'm speaking to you about one side of the coin. The one side of the coin, you've done things wrong in your past. If you look at me now and say, luckily it's not me, you're a liar. Okay? Everybody in this place has a past. Everybody in this place has something that, that and, and I want to I hit that out of the park. You better stop allowing people to play with your emotions. Stop people allowing people to use your past against you. People will always try to do that. Oh, but you've done this and you've done that. According to the word of God, when... I'm speaking to you one side of the coin. When I come to Jesus Christ in repentance, and, I, and, and the scripture says, so I'm sorrowful, and he forgives me. The scripture says, he removes your past as far as the east is from the west. And he never, he never, he never thinks about it again. What does it mean? It means according to God, not according to man. Thank God man will not judge you one day. Thank God the person next to you will not be judged one day. Oh, come on, I say, thank God that we've got a great judge in heaven, and Jesus is his name. So the Bible says, according to him, I have never done those things in my past. It doesn't matter what mistakes I've made. It didn't happen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. One more time, hallelujah. hallelujah. You might quote the scripture. Well, I can do whatever I want because the Bible says, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. That's not for a born again child of God. A born again child of God, the Bible says, if you do sin, you are not of God. You're of the devil. Now, how can you be righteous and sin? Okay, so this is for the sinners. It means that it doesn't matter how big your past is. His grace will match it and will wash it and will clear it. It doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It is done when it comes to Jesus' blood. 
I don't know why you're not excited about this as I am. Come on, if you have a past, wave at me. If you have done bad things, you know, past, wave at me. Oh, there, there we go, some truth people, people of truth. Now the Bible says you have come before the Lord. It is done. He washes it away and he never thinks about your iniquity ever, ever again. Shout hallelujah. Now the Bible says I'm born again. You have to be born again. This means I am turning away from the things of the world. I'm turning away from the old man. You know what the, the nonsense that people speak today? And this is still the one side of the coin. Well, you can do whatever you want. Just do it in moderation. I heard somebody say to me the other day, you can even drink. Don't get drunk. I said, that's good. Cheat your wife. Don't get caught. Come on, let's be honest. If you tell me I can drink, but I shouldn't get drunk, then I can cheat. I shouldn't get caught. Sin is sin. The Bible doesn't just say that do not be drunk with wine. He says do not even look at it. It's sin. I'm going to read to you Isaiah chapter 5 just now. How the scripture says how hell has enlarged itself because of alcohol. And yet people, you know, oh, just do it in moderation. One woman, especially when it comes to the drinking of alcohol. When it comes to the drinking of alcohol, everybody says, as long as you do it in moderation. Now let's go on with your grace mentality. You can steal a million. Don't steal two million. Please do it in moderation. Kill. Kill two people, not three. Do it in moderation. Right, just keep it a white lie, moderation. There's no lie that is white. A lie is a lie. And the Bible says liars cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Fornicate. Just do it once a week, not twice a week. Keep it in moderation, you know. What nonsense are we teaching God's people? Jesus didn't say go and sin in moderation. He said go and sin no more. Let something worse do not come upon you. Who remembered in Luke where that woman came? And the scripture says she was crying so much that she, she washed his feet with her tears and she dried it off with her hair. What does the Bible teach or, or speak about it? Jesus Christ in his own words says, this woman was a sinner. He called her a sinner. Somebody help me. In today's life, if we call people sinners, I'm offended. I'm offended. Oh, oh, I'm offended. It's not your past that offends you. It's your sin that kills you on the inside, that offends you day by day. And he, do you know what he, he tells them? Go and sin no more. Let something worse come upon you. Why does Jesus say this? What he actually tries to say is, turn around, close the door on that sin. Because you can, you can choose your sin, but you can't choose your consequence. Somebody help me out. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Now I'm speaking to, to the, the side of the coin that you have, been, you, you have been a sinner of this world. You have been judged by people severely. Now, the Bible says that when you come to Jesus Christ and you repent from your wicked ways, it means I'm turning my back on sin. Grace, by the way, is not a free ticket to sin. It's an empowerment to live above sin. The Bible says, how can you who have been saved from sin live any longer in it? Amen. I thought today was going to be a little bit quiet. No shouting, no running around the aisles. But we are living, and, and again, Paul says that people get themselves teachers that will speak to their ears. Now, do you know why I'm not one of them? Because I don't want to see you in hell. And if I teach you what you want to hear, I'm going to be in hell with you. All right? 
But basically, you might lose people in your church. I don't care. As long as I gain heaven. I need to gain heaven. You, you, I need to gain heaven. I don't want to go to hell because I want to be politically correct. It's in, 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 in actual fact, it's unbiblical for us to be politically correct. I need to be biblically correct. I need to speak the word of God into your life. Why? Because I declare in the name of Jesus, you and your household will not be condemned. You and your household shall be saved in the name of Jesus Christ. You will no longer walk with this on your shoulders. That, that spirit of condemnation that tries to attack you every single day of your life. No, hallelujah. Come on. If you have been saved by Jesus Christ, the Bible says the Son of Man will set you free. And he says, who the Son of Man says free, is free indeed. This is why this morning a lot of you are going to close the door. In actual fact, you're going to shut that door, bang on your past, and say, I will never be reminded again of how bad I was, of what I've done wrong. Why? Because the blood of Jesus speaks for me. Hallelujah. Even when a sinner, if I approach sinners, come to church, you know the first thing they say? I need to stop my nonsense first. I first want to stop drinking and start, stop smoking and then I'll come to church. I promise you. But the Christians don't have that. Even sinner says, I have to leave my stuff first before I come to the Lord. The Christian says, ah, whatever I want to do, you know, the, the more I sin, the more grace abounds. Please open your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, 26. Let's hit this one saved, always saved mentality out of the room. If I've offended you, I'm not sorry this morning. You're going to go home free in Jesus' name. I know, I know it sounds awesome. Do whatever you want to do. God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. Bull twang. Oh, my life is falling apart. I can tell you why. You're not serving God. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Nor his descendants begging for bread. I will withhold nothing good from the righteous. You're not righteous. This is why your life is falling apart. You can't sit at home and message Facebook and say, Oh, pray for us, please. My, my husband's got another lady, a mistress, and I, I'm just praying that he will open up his eyes and just leave her. Come back to me. Kick him to the curb. Here pastor I also don't believe in stupidity. Hallelujah. Stop praying for stuff that you can sort out yourself. You say, hey, you choose, brother. Hey, he says, help us. Why does woman think they don't deserve better than that useless man that can't even provide for you? No, you didn't hear me. Uh, ladies, help me out, please. Please help me out. I'll give you twice the marks on your exams. Just, just help me out here. Why does woman think that they, 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 they deserve somebody so useless that the guy cheats you and beats you? And, and, and you know, I love you, right? <laughs> you walk around with blue eyes. It's just because I love you. And the Bible says, <laughs> Okay, let's go. One saved, always saved. Unbiblical. Unbiblical. Before I'm going to read the scripture, I want to ask you a quick question. Jesus said you have to be born again 
in order to inherit the kingdom of God. So let's take, an, take it as an argument. You were a murderer in your old life. So you came to Jesus, you say, Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner, I was a murderer, I killed people, sorrow filled in your heart, and then saved. And then you go and you still murder people. Bang, bang, bang. But you're still saved because you said the prayer. Of what did Jesus save you? From what have you been born again? So you've been, it's a waste of time. Is somebody listening to me? Jesus said, the old life can't inherit the kingdom of God. You have to be born again. But did you still stay in the old life? From what have you been saved? Now, hear the scripture. For if, this, if, for if we sin willfully, okay, I have to say that a couple of times. If we sin willfully, this means you do something that you know is sin, but you still do it. You mock God. For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice of sins. But a certain fearful expectation, expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on his testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? You didn't get that. He says if somebody breaks the law of Moses, he should die. How much worse punishment do you suppose must he get or receive that has trampled the blood of Jesus Christ underfoot and insulting the spirit of grace? And please read before that. He says, if you willfully sin. This means if you willfully sin after you have received the knowledge of the truth, there remain no remission of sin. That's what the Bible, I'm not saying this, the Bible says this. This means that if you know something is wrong and you still do it, for you it will be sin. Please don't tell me you cheat your spouse. And then you ask God for forgiveness and tomorrow you cheat your spouse again and you ask God for forgiveness. And the day after that you cheat your spouse again because grace abounds. No ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read your scripture. Let's go. You, know, you want to hear scriptures? I'll give you scripture. Romans chapter 6 verse 1. Up to 2. Do we have that one? What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What does Paul say? Certainly not. How shall we who die to sin live any longer in it? I'm teaching you grace and truth this morning. Paul says, because I am under grace now, does it mean I can continue to sin? Certainly not. How can I who have died to sin live any longer in it? So I'm speaking to the Christians right now. I'm not speaking to the sinners of this world. When you have given your life to Christ Jesus and nothing in you have changed, then I question your salvation come i'm speaking this it might sound hard to you right now but people need to close the door on sin this morning there's no way in the scripture jesus said go in sin less go in sin in moderation he said go in sin no more no more he says be holy for i am holy for without holiness no man shall see god can i can i continue i'm speaking to the christians not to the sinners of this world now you know if I ask you a question, what is a murderer? What is a murderer to you? You will tell me a murderer is somebody that kills somebody. Right? I take a gun, I shoot you, I kill you, I'm a murderer. Can I tell you what Grace says is a murderer? If you hate your brother. Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. The Lord teaches me, I'm a murderer when I take somebody's life. 
that I'm a murderer. But grace teaches me, even if I hate my brother, I'm a murderer. The Lord teaches me the following, that if I'm an adulterer, I need to be stoned, I need to be killed. The Lord teaches that an adulterer is somebody that, let me say, fornicate with another woman, another man, outside of their marriage. That's an adulterer. But grace says adultery is when you look upon somebody and lust, it's already done. You didn't hear me. Oh, grace makes everything easy. No, 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 no. You, you, you missed what I tried to tell you. The law says if you take somebody's life, you're a murderer. Grace says if you just hate your brother, you're a murderer. The law says that adultery is that if you, if you commit sexual acts with somebody outside of your marriage, it's an adultery. Grace teaches that if you look upon somebody with lust, you have already done it. You're an adulterer. Is somebody listening to me right now? Don't tell me that the grace has made it easier. No, no, no. This is where grace steps in. By the way, grace is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. When it comes to grace, you need to understand grace is an empowerment. Please say empowerment. empowerment. To live above sin. Say with me. To live above sin. Please just explain this to me. I, I have never experienced this in my whole life. By the way, John teaches, thank you, Holy Spirit. John teaches the following. He says the Holy Spirit will come and He will convict the world of sin. Just pause there. Convict. Do you know what means the word convict? Finds guilty. Oh, my friends. Guys. Let me just get the stance. He says the Holy Spirit will convict you. It means to, to, to find you guilty of sin. So in other words, when the Holy Spirit dwells within, He lives within. He's the one who keeps you holy. He's the one who keeps you pure. In other words, when you want to commit a, a, a murder, a taxi, poof, it's the Holy Spirit that says, hey, don't do that. I've saved you. You're better than that. Am I telling the truth in this place? I've never seen a person with the indwelling of the Spirit of God and you love to sin. The Bible says those who love to sin does not belong to God. They belong to the devil. I've got a scripture to prove that. By the way, in the New Testament, under grace. Can I explain something to you? I've said it to the Bible school students on Wednesday night. We started the church in Johannesburg in a venue. Uh, so you can eat in a restaurant there and then there's, there's, a, there's a bar. So they've asked us when they gave us the venue, will the bar be an issue to us? Because the bar is not far from it. You can see the bar from where we are. And we said there's no problem. We're going to have church. The first night, the bar was packed to capacity. All it gegooia. All it gooia die oude meester daar in die kerk ons die nieuwe meester. En dis... En die bar draal en die ouwens uit. En die by die kerk draal en die ouwens uit. En hulle dink, wat gaan daar aan? That's a lekker church, you know. The people gooiing en kerring en gooiing en kerring. But in any case, so, the second we came and the bar was quiet. The third we came, the bar is closed. And here comes the owner and he's very angry. Very angry. He says, no, we've closed down the bar. They don't want us there anymore. Because the bar is losing money. And he said, there's only one way out. You can stay in this place if you pay up everything what we lose in the bar. I said, I'm not going to bow to this devil. Um, in actual fact, do you think when I'm preaching, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sue in? Now, I know there's a lot of guys that will get it right. 
You know, when you preach and there's a bar next door and everybody is not condemned, not convicted, everybody's walking around freely and they sin. Ah, goeie dubbel. No, no, not when Wessel Dubrain preaches. When I preach, that guy that picks up the glass, he's like, whoa, what is this? I can't be here. Oh, I can't be here. By the way, by the way, our church service started at five when they told us the bar should close down. The bar will be closed at five so we can continue. No, no, no. Just because we are in that area, the bar is closed. Now, I... My wife and I, we preached in, in Mauritius for two weeks, every night. So the place that we, that we stayed, there was a, it was a, a, a karaoke night in a bar. I just got back and we walked into this place and the bar is packed with people, you know. Everybody's sitting at that bar and it's karaoke night. So they sing songs, going back west. <laughs> and they hoi, you know. And... Especially when they're drunk. <laughs> so Eileen says to me, go and sing. The yellow submarine. <laughs> I wanted to sing. I get no doubt when I get up there. You never get, but in any case, so I didn't do that. But she said, she said to me, go and, go and do the karaoke. Go and sing in that bar. So the bar is packed with people. Now I, I'm walking in there, you know. Oh, here, here's somebody next. So give me the microphone. I started singing worship, gospel. What did I sing, my wife? Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us power and majesty, praise to the King. I emptied out the bar. The karaoke was canceled the next night, and the next night, and the next night. Oh, come on, somebody. That's what grace does. Grace tells you, hey, you better than that, don't do it. Grace convicts you no longer to live that filthy life, but to turn around and walk in a life that Jesus Christ says, I'm happy with you. In, in, listen, if you want to walk in the grace life, the grace and truth life, you're going to have to turn your back on friends, on family, on clubs, on parties, and say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you in spirit and in truth. I had to go and draw money the one night. The only ATM there was was in a bar. You can say, Vessel, you're religious, you're legalistic. That's fine. Call me Vessel to brain legalistic, religious. Manier. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I couldn't set my foot in that bar. They said, it's just to draw money. I said, I'm not going in there. Sorry, if I go in there, two things are going to happen. I'm going to close this the place. I'm going to start the bar fight, you know, so. <laughs> Your ma. All right, so. In any case, so. <coughs> so I, I, I refuse. I said, I'm not going in there. I can't. I can't walk in there. Oh, you're legalistic. That's fine. Call me legalistic. That's all, all you want. But one day, I want to stand before him. Amen. I want to be pure. Amen. Now, back on, on the subject with, with alcohol, you know, when, when John was born, the Bible says that, the angel of the Lord spoke to his mom and said, he's not allowed to touch alcohol. Samson the same. Not allowed. Do you know why? Because of a distinct work that God has called for them. You can call me whatever you want. I've never seen a preacher that drinks being mightily used by God in my life. <laughs> not in my life. You can preach. You, you, listen. You can preach on a, you, 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 can, you can drink on a Saturday. I'm not going to know that. That's fine. Preach on a Sunday all you like. You're going to have to stand and give accountability, but I promise you, the Holy Spirit will not use you for a consecrated work. It's impossible. 
Well, Jesus turned water into wine. I was not intoxicated wine that makes you drunk. If he did, he's a sinner. He couldn't save me. Oh, well, Paul told Timothy to drink some wine for his stomach. Now, again, it's not, back then where they stayed, the water was terrible. It made him sick. So Paul said to Timothy, start to use those, 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 the wine. And, and there's two types of wine. In actual fact, the, you have to understand how they made wine. And I, I see all the wine drinkers telling the husbands, we're here, we're here. I'm going to show you in Isaiah 5 why I tell you stop now. Stop now. You better watch out. When you're doing things, I'm on very sharp. I can tell you exactly what you think. What about non-alcoholic? Don't drink it. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Who knows that this is a Louis Vuitton? Of a Louis Vuitton? Who knows this jacket is a Louis Vuitton? You don't know it, right? Uh, uh, you don't know it? Okay, it is not, by the way. Okay, how do you know this, this jacket is a China Mall jacket? You don't know? Do you know this? No, you don't know. Yes, it's a nice jacket. That's all you need to know. Yes. Now, if, if I walk down a restaurant and yes, it's Tina's with a non-alcoholic beer, I'm not going to know it's a non-alcoholic beer. Yes. Worldly people walk past and say, isn't that Tina's? Isn't that the one that worships God so loudly and he sits with a beer? Oh, he's one of us. Nice. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Well, I drink, you know, I, I have to drink wine for the pain. Why don't you drink Jesus? Why don't you drink from the fountain that can never run dry? Come on, why don't you? If I have to drink wine for all the pains, I'm an alcoholic. Well, we just do it when we, when we eat food. Don't do that. I was in a church the one day where they, they gave... Um, my goodness, communion, and, and uh, they filled the tots with, with old brown cherry. I didn't knew that. <laughs> so when, the, when they gave me the tots, I smelled, I said, no, this is alcohol. And somebody asked, uh, I missed, but the guy just finished this. Can I have another one? I just want to make sure it, it went through all my whole body, you know, I'm, I'm consecrated, second glass, you know. <laughs> if you take communion, let it be grape juice, all right? All right, hallelujah. It's off quiet in this place this morning. Now, 1 John 2 verse 6 says, 1 John 2 verse 6 says, He who says he abides in him ought himself to walk just as he walked. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. That man that says, be holy, for I am holy. Without holiness, no man shall see God. By the way, Jesus was holy. Please say, Jesus was holy. And he still is holy. And we serve a holy God. And there's nothing unholy about him. So I want to take a couple of things, get it together, and then I'm going to go into more of the word of God. I'm not going to be long anymore. I'll be gone by 3 o'clock, I promise you. This is, this is for your sake, by the way, to set you free. Amen? I said to set you free. Because there's two sides to the coin. So number one, number one, yes, Spirit of God. Give me a second. I need to get a scripture quickly. I love the Holy Spirit. Don't you just love the Holy Spirit? Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. You know when I know the Holy Spirit is happy with what I teach? is when verses and stuff just drop into my spirit while I preach. And then I know exactly this is the Spirit of God is happy. Alright, so the two, two sides of the coin. Speaking to you, you are a sinner of this world. 
you have done bad things in your life, but suddenly you walk into a vessel to brain meeting, you've heard about the saving grace of Jesus Christ, you heard about the blood of the Savior, and you said, I'm done with my old life. Vessel, what do I need to do to be born again? Well, I'm going to tell you what Jesus said, you have to be born again. If you're not born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So how do I get born again? Well, you confess your sins, according to the book of Romans, you confess your sins. And, and, and by the way, repentance is not just crying, it's changing. A lot of people cry because they feel shameful and sorrowful, but they don't change anything. And you know why people don't like this message? It's because repentance means you have to change and people don't like to change. People don't want to change. Come on, guys. I'm not speaking to ladies. Everywhere I travel, there's more women in meetings than husbands or their husbands and guys. So our men, we have a problem because we don't want to change. We know when I come to Jesus Christ, I can't live like I want to live. Now I have to change. I'm going to have to give up my golf. I'm going to... You have a Sunday flick on. You have a flick on Saturday. Just start to serve the Lord, my goodness. The same people that can't get to church on a Sunday is the people that say you have to pray. All hell is breaking loose. No, just go to church, serve the Lord. Why do, why do you have to serve the Lord? Because he says, no good thing will you withhold from the righteous. Serve him. All right, that's quite again. So I'm, I'm, I'm turning my back on the things of the world because that's being born again. I was a murderer. I'm no longer a murderer. But you know what people will do? People will always tell you. Oh, you've done that in your past. You know, I've got a past. I've got a big past. I was, there was a time in my life I was so rebellious against the church, against God, against everybody in this world. I hated everything. I was rebellious. But I want to tell you right now, I'm not boasting in my rebellious stage. I'm boasting what the blood of Jesus Christ has done for me. And so in all my rebellion and everything that I've been through, I have never done that. If you tell me now, but in your past, you've done... When did that happen? Because according to the Word of God... The Bible says sin is dead with the old man. My trespasses died with the old man. <clears throat> Come, I'm speaking to the other side of the coin now. So now you're born again. Now we've heard the scripture that says the following. It says that if you willfully sin, willfully sin. Now, there's also a scripture that says it's impossible for us to sin because the seed of God lives in us. How is it impossible for us to sin? Let me explain this to you. After you give your life to Jesus Christ... It's no longer, I can't do this, or I can't do this. It's, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. People tell, tell me often, I don't want to be a Christian because you can't do this and you can't do this. No, 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 you're wrong. That's religion. Relationship doesn't say you can't do this. Relationship says, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Oh, I'm not interested in this. Because any grace message that doesn't make my sin uncomfortable is heresy. If I am happy with my sin, when I listen to a grace message, then it's heresy. It's not God's word. Hallelujah. But now what you will get, I'm speaking to the Christians now, born again, spiritual. You always get the people that says, oh, you sonder, even for my prayer. I'm not going to that woman's meeting because your wife has got a past. <laughs> Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. Pause. Oh, you're an adulterer. I'm not listening to you. Do you know what the Bible says? You're going to stand before God as an adulterer. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I've never been an adulterer. No, 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 you have. When you've judged them as an Well, the Bible says we have to judge right, righteously. Yes, yeah, start with your own life. 
If you want to judge anybody righteously, start with your own. Start with your own life. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Just pause verse 5. I didn't put it in the Bible. Jesus said that it's in red. Hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye. And then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do you see that word hypocrite? I didn't ask them in the back to put it in. Jesus called them hypocrites. He says they are hypocrites. It's people say, oh yeah, Jesus son that here say, ha Start with your own eye. <laughs> if, let me just read this quickly again. How can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your own eye? And... You have a plank in your eye. Now, a plank is bigger than a speck. So he says, you want to remove that tiny bit out of your brother's eye? He says, no, start with the big thing in your eye. So in other words, why, why, why does the word say this? He says, so that you can understand that your sin is actually bigger than your brother's. Worry about your own life. <laughs> okay, you didn't hear me. Worry about your own life. Instead of, and then you will get this. Christians, I'm speaking to the other side of the coin now, you will get people that will use their past against you to have a pity party. Oh, in the past you've done this against me and you've done that. Oh, catch a wake up and grow up. The Bible says I have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm no longer part of that life. Don't allow those people to get into your mind, get into your spirit. The only reason why they try to use you for their past is because they're not born again. No, you don't get that. They're not born again. When they are born again, it means they are free from their past. Anybody that holds on to their past is not free from their past. It means they're not born again. When I'm born again, my past, come on, speaking to at least 10 people, who says my past will have no effect on me. I have been washed with the blood of the Lamb. Born again, sanctified. I've turned my back on the world. This is what people need to understand. Grace gives you an empowerment to turn your back on the world. You turn your back on life itself. You don't care what's behind you. This is why Paul says, forget what's behind you. And stretch yourself out to what's towards you. Am I preaching to the right church? Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Can we put, uh, I don't know if you have that. Um, Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. Do we have that one? <clears throat> now, this is the other side of the coin now. This is not your side. For I will be merciful to, to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, hang on now. Jesus is a mediator between man and the Father. But in context, he's speaking about sinners. He says, when it comes to the sin, I'll be merciful. By the way, did you know that the scripture says God doesn't listen to the sinners when they pray? He listens to the righteous. The only sin that God listens to from a sinner is the, the sinner's prayer. I am sorry. Forgive me. So he says, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now, <clears throat> the reason why I say in context this, he speaks about the sinners and not the righteous is because the scripture says it's impossible for the righteous to live any longer in sin. 
There goes the light, bang. So this is why this scripture doesn't say, speaks about the righteous. It speaks about the sinners. It says if the sinner comes to him, he will be merciful. <coughs> and he will forget all the unrighteousness. He will wash away all of their sin. A righteous person that lives and walks in sin is not righteous. He's unrighteous. Righteousness means to be in right standing with God. Come on, don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. Righteousness. If I say I'm in the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus, it means I am in right standing with God and Jesus brought peace between me and the Father. Right standing means that, that there's friendship between me and God. Now the Bible says if you're a friend of this world, you're an enemy of God. Did you get that? If you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. So it's impossible when you're born again to sin. Why do I say that? Because no born again Christian, no born again child of God will plan on sinning. If you willfully sin after receive the knowledge of the truth, there remain no remission of sin. Willfully sin. Say with me, willfully. Any Christian that plans on sinning is not a Christian. Well, oh, so sorry. You're a Christian, not born again. Because Christians lie, they cheat, they do whatever they want to do. So let me try to, I'm going to ask questions this after this. So please, if this message bore you, you're not going to be freed after today. If this message speaks to your heart, I promise you, you'll no longer walk in a world condemnation. <laughs> Something will move from your shoulders today. Bam. And you will understand that grace is my empowerment to live the life that He wants me to live. So a Christian, it's impossible for a born-again child of God to have the indwelling Holy Spirit work, working on the inside of him, and you plan on sinning. You wake up in the morning and say, today I'm going to lie to my wife. This is how I'm going to lie. I'm going to get to my job. I'm going to steal money there. No, you've planned on sinning. But basically, what if I just lied when it just comes to me? No. You're a liar. If you are born again, the first thing that you do is you stand for righteousness. So if it means that they're going to fire you if you don't lie, let them fire you. Don't let heaven fire you, then you've got a problem. Hallelujah. Shout hallelujah if you're with me. So let's go on to 1 John chapter 3. This is a big one. 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Just by the way, this is not quoted in the Old Testament, so please don't tell me, well, this is law-based. Even if it's law-based, <laughs> you don't get this. The Bible says if we break one law, we should be stoned and killed. How much more worse punishment those who trample the blood of Christ underfoot? So this is the law of Christ. New Testament, New Covenant, Grace says whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. This is what's happening in the nation of South Africa. Lawlessness. They don't care about the law. They break the law. They take, they steal, they destroy. And it doesn't matter what color they are. It, lawlessness has got no color in mind. It's color, colorless. Everybody's lawless. Especially in the final hours that we are living in. Lawless. You can't, you can't discipline your, the school children. Lawlessness. You're not my mother. No, you don't the yerks in your mind. <laughs> Heard a, a, a woman the other day, she said, if you were my husband, I would have poisoned you. Well, if you were my wife, I would have drank it. <laughs> Lawlessness. 
Lawlessness. Ξέρεις όμως που θα χάσει αμπλήφ του. Σε το Bible, σε το νου σου έρχει, ναι. But so the Bible says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. Because sin is lawlessness. What honor does God get when we live a life of sin? What honor? You know, you can tell people, don't do these things, and they will still do it. They will still do it. Lawlessness. You can tell them, this is what God desires from you. And they will do the opposite. Lawlessness. So the scripture says, whoever does sin, does lawlessness. Now I want you to look at verse 6. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor know him. Now, it's impossible to tell me that you know God and you sin. Impossible. The scripture says, those who know him does not sin. Those who abide in him does not sin. Shout hallelujah. I heard something powerfully uh, the other day. Powerfully. Really, really powerfully. You know the scripture that says, just keep that scripture on the screen. It says, as the deer panther for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Who knows that song? As the deer panther for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. Now, do you know what happens with a deer when he panther for water, when he drinks water? His, his scent disappears. So they reckon his, his sweat pours, closes up. So that the enemy, his enemy can't smell him. So when we panteth after water, he says that my, my soul panteth after the Lord as a deer panteth after water. Because as the deer drinks the water, his enemy can't smell him. He's like a, a saint that vanishes. So when we stay and drink the water of the living fountain, the enemy can't smell us. Oh, come on somebody. So he says, so whoever abides in him does not sin. So when I abide in the Lord God Almighty, my, my, my scent for the enemy disappears. In his secret place, I'm hidden. Come on, I'm hidden. That's why uh, the, 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 the secret place shouldn't be a place of visitation, but a place of habitation. A lot of people just go there for visitations. They think they got visitation rights instead of habitation rights to stay in the presence of God. Why do you think Jesus told Peter, pray lest you fall into temptation? When you pray, there's no temptation. Okay, I can tell you one thing. My wife knows when I haven't prayed much. I'm getting irritated. I want to rebuke everything. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're just, you're just so tempted you want to struggle something. Slap of a Bible. So when you pray, you spend time in his courts. You smell like him. Amen. He says, whoever sins has never seen him knows him. Verse 7. Do we have verse 7? Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as he, God, Christ Jesus, is righteous. Verse 9, oh sorry, verse 8. Uh, it says, he who sins is of the devil. Now hang on now. You can't be offended at me now. This is, this is the word of God. Amen. He who sins is what? Of the devil. So he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Let's go on. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, 
for his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Now, hallelujah. So in other words, if grace enables me to do whatever I want to do, then the whole Bible is a lying book. Here it teaches me clearly. And I'm trying to... Boston, can you help me? I, I try to, to give this to you as plain as I can. It clearly says, if you sin, you're off the devil. Now you want to tell me you're born again. But the scripture says, if you sin, you're off the devil. How can I be righteous when I'm of the devil? Now, if I'm of the devil, it means I'm going to hell. Let me explain something to you quickly. Next week, we'll continue. I'll go in a little bit deeper. Hell is not a state of mind. Please understand this. Hell is a four-letter word in most circles. Don't speak about hell. Because it's a fear doctrine. Well, Jesus taught more on hell than he spoke about heaven. Jesus spoke about hell as the literal place. And you know what is the sad part? It's not just people that goes to church that goes to hell. There's so many preachers that's going to go to hell. Because the Bible says that those who's a teacher of the word will have double, you're going to have to stand before God for double judgment. Because I'm going to be judged for my life and also for what I taught you. And this is why you can decide today what you want. Do you want a preacher that will tell you God is happy with you? Oh, God is not mad at you. He's mad about you. You're righteous. Just do whatever you want to do. And contradict what the Word of God says. Let me explain something else. You know what I'm sick and tired of? We have financial conferences. Instead of teaching people to give. If people get to give, I will not have to have financial conferences. People will live a life of overflow. So we change the Word of God. You didn't get this. We change the Word of God for people. We can't change the Word of God. We have to understand if we live a life unrighteously before Him, we will be condemned to hell. You might say, well, how can a loving God send any person to hell? God doesn't send you to hell. You decide if you go to hell and you decide if you go to heaven. Jesus says, I give you life and death. Choose life that you might live. So we choose hell. We choose to go to a place called hell. Where Jesus says, where the worm does not die. You might not like this message, that's also fine. I'm not here to be liked right now. I'm here to be effective, to tell you that the extreme grace doctrine is the doctrines of demons. To tell people, do whatever you want to do. Cheat your wife, beat your wife, kill, destroy, do whatever you want. You are God's righteousness. No ways. If I'm God's righteousness, I look like Him. I sound like Him. I do what His Word tells me to do, even when it's hard. You know what happened when Jesus taught a hard word? 5,000 people got up and they left. They said, we're not going to be part of this church. Jesus didn't say, oh, I'm, going to turn, I'm going to change my teaching to help you soothe your ears. He told the 12, do you want to go too? They said, Lord, where will we go? Because from you is the words of life. This is the reason, and Vessel Dubrain approved this. This is the reason why a lot of places don't see miracles no more. You can't see miracles if there's no truth. Miracles follows the truth of God's word. This is why this morning is a miracle morning. It's a miracle Sunday. I declare this in the name of Jesus Christ that everybody under my sound of my voice and He is the truth of God's word. We'll not have to struggle in the next month, but we'll experience God's truth, God's favor, God's miraculous. Come on, the breakthrough hand of God in our midst. We don't want to see people go to hell. We want to see people getting saved. So the two sides of the coin, the front side, the back side. 
You're a sinner, lost without Him. You need the grace of God. You've came to Him, as Romans says, you've repented from your wicked ways. By the way, 2 Chronicles 7.14 also teaches that. If my people will humble themselves, I want you to hear me. When you surrender to Jesus Christ, first thing that you do is you humble yourself. In actual fact, you say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I'm a sinner, Lord. This is what I've done in my past. How can you forgive a sinner like me, Lord? How can you forgive me for what I've been through? Suddenly you have a... Uh, uh, it's not a, a, you might say, well, I've been condemned. There's a feeling of condemnation. But it's, it's, your heart is just broken. I don't want to be that person. Suddenly your whole life plays in front of you. You say, how could I have done that? How could I, how could I have said that? Forgive me, Jesus. I'm turning my life around. Bang, you turn your life, your life. So Jesus says, I'm taking your past, your sins, your iniquity. I'm removing it. As far as the west is from the east. I'll never think about it ever again. Now we continue our Christian walk. It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. The life I now live, I live unto the glory of God. It means that when I stand up, He must get glory. If I sit down, He must get glory. If I open my mouth, He must get the glory. Come on, if, I, if my mouth is closed, He must get the glory. My whole life must be a life that displays the gl glory unto Him. Is somebody listening to me? Every action is, is, is going to give Him the glory. Everything that I decide, every decision I make will give Him the glory because it's no longer I who live. It means that in my old life when I wanted to cup the branas, in the new life, I don't care about the brothers because the old person is no longer here. It's, it's quiet again. Oh, let's just use the, you know, the wine for the stomach. No, no, in the new life, I know I've got a master. He's a healing Jesus. I didn't, I didn't see that the woman with the issue of blood said, if I can just touch that wine bottle, I'll be made whole. <laughs> if I can just touch the tip, I'll be all right. Now she said, if I can just touch the master. This is why when Jesus walked to, to uh, the scripture says there was water where the angel stood. And whenever he got into the water, when the angel stirs, the water get healed. So Jesus saw the lame man at the pool of Bethesda and he said, what do you want? And he said, Lord, you know, it's impossible for me to get into the water. Every time I want to get in, somebody else jumps in. And do you know what Jesus says? He says, hang on. Do you want to be made whole? Take up your bed and walk. What is Jesus actually saying to him? You're not going to need that, that water anymore because now I am. I am the living water. I am all that you need. Everything that you need. I am Him. Whoa. Let me preach. Anything that you need, I am it. Whatever you need, I am Him. If you need a Savior, I am Him. If you need healing, I am Him. If you need restoration, I am it. Come on, whatever you need, I'll fill that void that no bottle can fill. I'll be that void in Jesus' name. You might be on alcohol to fill a void. Let me tell you, the Son of the living God can fill that void, which no bottle store can do, which no casino can do for you, Jesus can do. Come on, which no prostitute and bad people can do. Jesus Christ can do it for you. And do you know what? It's not going to take years. Whom the Son of Man sets free yeah. is free indeed. Instantly. Instantly when you give your life to Jesus, there's a shifting in you. Instantly when you give Him an opportunity to come and change your life. Instantly there's a difference. 
Jesus can do more than your sleeping tablets. Jesus can do more than your pain tablets. He's a pain taker. He gives sleep to his beloved. Everything that you need. He is it. This is why Jesus says you don't need the pull-up Bethesda. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on toes right now. Don't make the pull-up Bethesda. You don't need it. Just give them Jesus. He's the healer. He's the redeemer. Please hear me. You don't need that pornography to fill your voids. Well, we, you know, we need pornography to, to keep our marriage going. No, you need Jesus. You don't need the filth of this world. You need Jesus. If He's the rock in your marriage, you know, I'm not saying this because I'm afraid of my wife. My husband, I'm the man of the house. I'm the man. Man. But I've seen it. And people can, you can say whatever you want. I've seen it. The more you fall in love with Jesus, the more you fall in love with your spouse. You don't need gimmicks. Oh. You don't have to dress up. I can walk in my house with a black bag on. Say, hello, the man is here. Oh, yes, you are. Because the more you fall in love with Christ, He's the foundation. In my marriage, we're not two people, we're three people. Me, oh, sorry, Lord. The Lord, me, and my wife. Am I, am I speaking to somebody? Close the door on the filth of this world. Turn around. Listen, today, I have to hit it hard out of the water. If you stay with a man that you're not married to, you are fornicating. It's a sin. The scripture says, no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God. Now, do you know what's no bad? Now you know the truth. I just told you that. According to the scripture, no fornicator will inherit the kingdom of God. So if you don't want to get married, say, it was nice knowing you, but we have to stop the relationship now. Oh, it's quiet again. I'm not saying this. Jesus, Jesus is saying this. If, you, if, you, if, if you're in love with a, with a guy and this guy drinks, he doesn't stop his alcohol, no, fall out of love with him. I'm not marrying you. I'm not marrying you. Wait for Boaz. Don't just settle for any ass. Come on. Excuse the pun. Oh. Do you know what we need to get back to? Falling in love with Jesus. Yes, Master. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 11. I want to read this to you. As long as we do it in moderation. Nah. Nothing that this world have I want. Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may follow intoxicating drink. Who continue until night till wine inflames them. The harp and the strings, the tambourine and the flute. Speaking about parties by the way. They use that at parties. And wine are in their feasts but they do not regard the work of the Lord, nor consider the operation of His hands. Therefore, my people have gone into captivity. Just pause. Why have people gone into captivity? Alcohol. Alcohol has brought people in captivity. You, you, tell me one thing, please. 
that alcohol can do good for your family. Do you know how many children I've seen suffered under the hands of an alcoholic father and mother? There's nothing good about alcohol. Do not be drunk with wine where there is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. It goes on, it doesn't stop there. Therefore my people have gone into captivity because they have no knowledge. The honorable men are famished and the multitude dried up with thirst. Therefore she hell, she hull, she hull is hell. Shehul has enlarged itself and opened its mouth behind measure. The glory and the multitude and the pomp and who is jubilant shall descend and he who is jubilant shall descend into it. The Bible is clear. Hell has enlarged itself because of alcohol. He says those who is jubilant. What, what does this mean? I've, I've studied my, my Bible very times. Those who love to party. We like to party. We they will descend into it. There's nothing wrong with a nice braai. Okay? Especially when there's no alcohol. This guy's religious. Yeah. And saved. Hallelujah. Now I want to speak to at least five people. Five people in this place that hears me. His grace is an empowerment to set you free from all the condemnation of this world. And by the way, let me just say this to you. I believe this. I say this prophetically. I believe there's a shift in the, in the body of Christ as we speak. Why do I say this? I believe that if I travel around the world, there's a grace of God on me for the traveling ministry. Some people have big, big churches, massive churches, and that's the grace they carry for a church. Put that guy in a traveling ministry will not do good because the grace of God for ministry is not in the traveling, it's on the church. Is somebody listening to me? Some people will do supernaturally when they travel because that's the grace that God has placed upon their lives. But when they have church, it's not, the grace is not as big as when they travel. Is somebody listening to me? So there's, there's grace that is busy increasing and, 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 and grace is opening up new doors and there's, there's shifts happening. And I really do believe that these people this morning that needed to hear this message because there's a grace that God will give you in your life that will shift you. All right, let me try to do that again. It will shift you and bring you to a place where God will supply all your needs because it's, that's just the grace that you carry. You will, you, you will walk into places and you'll find favor among people because that's just the grace that you carry. Come on, I'm speaking to you right now. He says that God will not withhold any good thing from the righteous. I'm speaking to the righteous right now. You're in right standing with God. This means that you do not get offended because your pastor told you to stop sinning. Who's that guy? Who does, does he think he is? Let me tell you who I am. I am what God says I am. I'm your preacher. I'm a preacher of the I'm truth. I said this to you a couple of weeks ago. I'm saying this again. Vessel Dubrain, if you don't know him, I'm not a public speaker. I'm not a motivational speaker. Come on, I'm not a life coach. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A minister that speaks the truth of God's word. And I, I, I can't back down. I can't back down. You can, you can tell by my message, I'm an evangelist. What do you mean, Vessel? I hate seeing people go to hell. I don't want people to go to hell. I want people to get saved. So please hear me. I'm going to pray in a few seconds and miracles is going to... I believe this. Who came for a miracle? Lift your hands. Who need a miracle in your finances? Lift your hand. Please don't be shy. Who needs a miracle in their physical bodies? Lift your hand very high. All right, you're in the right place. 
Come on, I feel the anointing that's present to heal. I feel the anointing present to move in this place and destroy yokes of bondages. But you have to hear me now. Make up your mind this morning who you're going to serve. Make up your mind this morning. Stop listening to, to nonsense. You know what's sad? You know, I'm very deep this morning. I can preach on any message. People won't share it. And then when, when they go home, they share a bunch of nonsense. I've seen church people share stuff on Facebook that I think to myself, what are they listening to every Sunday? What you're amening for on Facebook, what you're sharing on Facebook is not always biblical truth. Come on, somebody. It's not always biblical truth. I heard people tell me, in church, church members even, you know, we're not sowing here because we have to sow overseas, but the day that we stop sowing there, we'll sow here. No, please do me a favor. Sit there, sit on your Sunday morning, put on the television, listen to that man preach because you can't honor here. It's very quiet again. And then you send me messages every week. Pray for this. Oh, you have to, oh, you have to pray for this. Oh, pray for this. Honor. That's the kerk of volgende week sick still is. We need the truth. I would rather build on 20 people who's in love of Jesus Christ than build on multitudes that you have to buy. Do me a favor. Close your eyes and lift your hands. Thank you for this word, Lord. Thank you for grace and truth. It's impossible that the message of grace can bring condemnation. It's impossible that the message of grace and truth can bring condemnation. The word says, if we sin, we haven't seen God. Those who have sinned, it's from the devil. And I pray everybody under the sound of my voice will come to that place in their lives where they will say, Lord, I'm hanging up my sinful nature. I'm dealing with my sinful nature right now. Doesn't matter how it makes me feel at this moment. It doesn't matter how much the shame I will feel and experience right now. I'm going to deal with my sinful nature now, Lord. I'm not going to let this go on for another week. For you are a holy God. There's people listening to me around the world right now, watching my television, watching on social media platforms. The Lord is calling you to holiness, to consecration, to a place where you say, Lord, if it's not pleasing you, I don't want to do it. If we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of truth, there remain no remission of sin, Hebrews says. He says, if we break the law of Moses, how much worse will be the punishment of those who trample the blood of Jesus underfoot, insulting the spirit of grace? We have to make a decision this morning who we will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you are, if you are struggling with an alcoholic addiction, I'm saying this, to make you feel bad about yourself, I'm telling, tell, telling you this, that there's a man, his name is Jesus Christ, yes, who, who took your punishment on him, that you don't have to bear that issues on your life. You can say, Lord, I have this addiction, but your word says, whom the Son of Man says, free is free indeed. So I want to exchange my addiction for your life. I believe that your blood is stronger than any addiction. Come on, right now, everybody on the sound of my voice. I break off that spirit of addiction, that spirit of lust in the name of Jesus Christ. I take authority over that filthy thing. I say, be free right now in Jesus' mighty name. Make the decision right now, today. I refuse to open that bottle. 
I refuse to light up that cigarette. Make that decision. Throw it away and say, Lord, I believe you're going to set me free. Maybe you're listening to me and you struggle with pornography. You have a pornography addiction. The Lord can set you free now. Under the sound of my voice. But you have to come to me and say, Lord, this is the place where I fell. I want to give it to you, Lord, right now. Set me free by your mighty power. Let your blood work for me this morning. Let your blood set me free. Maybe you're on sleeping tablets. You're addicted. The Lord of glory can set you free in an instant. In an instant. Touch the hem of His garment. Touch Him right now and say, Lord Jesus, I need your grace. For grace is an empowerment to reign over sin. To win over sin. To live a life that is pleasing to the King of Kings. Lord, my life has been cold. So every eye is closed, hear me. There's one thing that I can't do. Is I can't keep that fire going for you. I can pour myself out as a drink offering, as Paul says. But what you do during the week is up to you. How you respond to this word is up to you. You can be very angry at me right now and say, you have offended me. Or you can say, Vessel, what you've spoken has set me free. I am free this morning. By the way, people with offense can never experience the presence of God. An offended heart cannot experience God's presence. Maybe you need pain tablets to keep you going. Let me tell you something. He is that living water. It shall never run dry. So lift those hands across this place. Call upon His name right now. Precious Jesus, I give you praise. I give you praise. So people free, whole, whole, whole in Jesus' name. Whole in Jesus' name. Come on, if you have a situation right now, give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. have a situation an addiction some other sin that you haven't dealt with deal with it right now say Lord Jesus this morning I need your grace I have fell Lord but I need your forgiveness I need your saving grace cleanse me Lord wash me Lord I don't want to be like this world I promise you the Bible is very clear on this he says God will bless those who seek him there's a blessing just seeking Him. Not seeking the things of this world, but seeking God. The psalmist says, I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I will ask every eye to be closed, every hand lifted for me in this place. If you are righteous in the right standing of the Lord, He says, nothing good will be kept away from you. I've been young and I've been old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen His children begging for bread. My job is to live right before Him. My life is to give Him everything. I say, Lord Jesus, I want you to deal with this. And this morning, you have to close that door on your sinful nature. Close it up. So I'm not going to live this life no more. What about my friends? What about them? I would rather gain Christ and lose this world than lose Christ and gain this world. Come on, this morning, He's calling for you. 
He's calling for you. He wants you right now. You know, when that man sat at the pool of Bethesda, he said, Lord, I want to get in, but I, I can't every time. I want to jump in somebody else. As long as you have excuses, you'll remain seated. Don't let the world paralyze you because of your excuses. Don't say, Lord, I want to do this, but Pete does this, and Joe does that, and Sonny has said this. Leave your excuses behind and say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to follow you with my whole life, my whole heart. Because if I live righteous before you, Lord, it is clear in your word, you will withhold nothing good from me. This morning in this building, sickness is illegal. It's very stupid for any devil of sickness to come into this place. It's illegal. Financial difficulties. The word is clear. If you give, it shall be given. You give seed to the sower. Lack is also an illegal immigrant. We have no idea how much He longs for you this morning. We have no idea how much the Holy Spirit wants, wants to touch you. You might say, well, grace made it easy. If you hate your brother, you're a murderer. If you deal with hate, anger, bitterness, come to the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me, Lord. I want to give you just a minute to speak to the Lord. Give Him your life right now. We are dead to sin. Paul says, sin has no more dominion over you. No more dominion. Sin does not have power over you no more. I declare that sin will have no more power over you. No more power over your children. No more power over your life in Jesus' name. Whom the Son of Man sets free is free indeed. Come on, you will no longer walk with the condemnation of your past. Your past has been dealt with. He paid the price for your past. It never happened in His books. But turn away. Sin no more. Love Him over your life. And He will make all things new. This is what Jesus said. He says, Behold, I make all things new. If you've been hurt, maybe you've been hurt by your husband, maybe you've been hurt by your wife, forgive them right now. Do it for yourself. Do it for yourself. Don't stay in that prison. Forgive them for you. Lord, I'm forgiving. By God's grace, you know what Jesus said? He says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Be merciful. Be merciful. Sow mercy and you'll reap mercy. Sow grace. You know, grace is not just for me and my household. Grace is for everyone that comes to the Lord. This morning I am free. I am free. I am free. Please do me a favor. Please, please, please do me a favor. Deal with that now. Deal with your past now. You have not, never dealt with your past. 
with what you've been through in your life. Deal with it now. There's a reason I tell you this. I promise you, you're going to feel light when you walk out. You're going to feel there's something that is lifted off your shoulders. Now, right now, deal with those that has hurt you, spitefully used you. And the enemy will do that so many times in your life. And do you know what he will do? He will use people to, to bring pain to you, to misuse you and abuse you. And suddenly, you don't have a desire for people anymore. The need of others won't move you anymore because now you're hard. Lord, I give to you every single one who spitefully used me, who has abused me, has abused my kindness. You deal with them, Lord. But I'm giving them to you this morning because I want to be free. I don't want the heart and heart, Lord. I want a heart of flesh. I want to be the one, if you need something done, that you can come to me first. I don't want my heart to be hardened because people used us and mis misused us and abused us. I want to speak them free right now in Jesus' name. Come on, it's easy as that, people of God. Just pray with me. I want to set them free. I want to give them to you, Lord. You deal with it, Lord. You deal with them. 